and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is a show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. No set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today is a very ill Juliana. Say hello. Hi everyone. Oh yeah, great voice. Yeah, great, is it? Juliana was like, oh, I'm, I'm ill, I've got a sexy low voice and I'm like, no, you just sound like your, your, your so throat really is... Sexy. Uh, your no, throat said, is all I'm messed up so and your nose Ill is bunged up. For the third time this year already. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. Anyway, I was really looking forward to doing this podcast with you because this yeah. book sounded so fun. And now I really... You're not sure how much you're going to say about it? Yes. Oh, well, this book did sound fun. We actually talked about it a little bit the other day. Yeah, we did. Let's go. just go over what we were saying, because, again, I keep talking about on these podcasts, like, there's a different form of the books, and we were talking about, like, the the adventure, not the adventure, like, the planetary uh, tour, you know, the tour, of the, the grand tour kind of thing. Yes. You know, go to this planet, go to that moon, go to this planet, go to, and it's like a travelogue of different places. You can introduce different cultures, introduce different things, and you can do it. Also, you've got the heist, and we were talking about, like, you've got the heist, and you've got the main man, you've got the planner, you've got the one who's acrobatic, you've got the explosives exit, you've got the fall guy, you've got the uh, the femme fatale, you know, you've got yeah, all you've these got, different you've things. you've got the IT the, the IT person, yeah, the, hacker, the, the nerd yeah, guy. The guy with the suitcase nerd, full of nerd bombs. The girl guy. Yeah, person. and all of those. The driver as well, the getaway driver. Oh, yes, of you need all of those different people. That the um, the expert, the flying expert who can swing in on a cable, you know, all of these different things. Now, of course, when we're talking like Mission Impossible, each one of those roles is filled by, you know, at various times, all of them, you know. Yes. But, uh, but yeah, that's the thing. Anyway, so this one, time travel. We're talking about The Tourist by, now I've got to go over and look at the... Uh, by Robert Dickinson. This was uh, this came out in 2016. Quite oh, um, recent book. A pretty recent book, and it was actually uh, recommended to me um, by Stevie Stevie Kincaid. Is that the that's the full name? Stevie Kincaid. Um, a Goodreads listener. A good, a good, a, a good on Goodreads. This was a in the, on Goodreads. Yes, and actually back in 2017, January 2017. So we're talking two years ago. He's like, even though our taste seems to be chalk and cheese, I didn't like Nine Fox and loved We Are Legion. You mentioned We Are Legion wasn't bad. It just wasn't science fiction for me. Anyway, he says you mentioned in the Nine Fox episode how much you love a challenge and having to take notes, rewind, etc. Let me suggest then The Tourist by Robert Dickinson. This is a time travel conspiracy book that most people aren't getting. It does the opposite of hand-holding. I had, a, I had to listen to it twice, but I really wanted to solve it, narrated by the great Peter Kenny. And then I mentioned this at the end of the last podcast, yeah. didn't I? So, uh, that sounds so like a challenge. It is a challenge. Or it could have been a challenge. It wasn't a challenge? Unfortunately, I'm very sorry to Stevie and all the other people on Goodreads who are talking about how nothing happens and it's too complicated and they didn't want to do it like that. I didn't find it that much of a challenge, and I'm going to get into the reason why. I found it fun. It was it was a very interesting exploration of what it wanted to do, but I think it. I think I just I've kind of I've read enough time travel and seen enough time travel and know the time travel ideas that are there that this isn't this wasn't a big surprise to me and I didn't really have a lot of trouble working it out yeah and I know so, I didn't because at the end uh, Stevie Kincaid rated it five stars on Goodreads and he goes can I interest you in an audiobook on hard mode question mark anyway he says spoiler free review followed by spoilers and FAQ frequently asked questions so he then goes into it like uh, you know he, he listened to it the second time and as yeah. soon as he did he started picking up these things for example mosque spad sphera and 
cats, you know, this is the city. And they're like, right, who? Kara, the prisoner. Like, and he just goes through and explains, like, in the exactly hold, hand-holding way, what would have been in the book if you got to the end of the book and then it explained, oh, and this person is actually the same person as this person. They went back in time there and did that and this was the conspiracy and all that kind of thing. So uh, it's... So I know that I didn't miss uh, everything, or I got most of it, because all the stuff that Stevie Kincaid said that you would miss unless you read it the second time, I kind of got most of that. But a few I little think, things I didn't pick I up on. But I think we must say here, what? like, looking at science fiction, yeah. I think you're most an expert in time travel books. Uh, I so have written so, time travel books. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So much so that you have explored time travel stuff yourself. So yes. I think... If you're just an ordinary person reader like I am, yeah. I would probably be totally confused by this. Well, here's the thing. I want to talk about the different forms of time travel. And I, we, me and Jesse, we did this. And the, I, I already had this conversation with you a few days ago, yeah. talking about, like, there's different forms of time travel. Like, there's different ideas that you can do with time travel. One is the, you know, Groundhog Day time looping kind of thing. And there's lots of movies now which are doing time loop. There's the Netflix series. What's it called? The uh, Russian Doll or something. Yeah. Um, there's, a, I listened, uh, there's a movie coming out happy death day and then that was okay. at the end of every day she's killed and then oh. she gets and then it's a time loop and then she's got a and now the second movie's come out happy death day to you is what it's Yay. called but then that becomes apparently that's more of like a comedy setting the same thing yeah. you know sort of like oh we've done it as a horror movie slasher movie now we do it again okay. we had the edge of tomorrow you had the uh, the movie source code do you remember that where jay yes. where, where they're on a plane yeah. no no on a, oh, no, on on a, a train, train train and he's like all right you've got eight Always minutes to, to, serve. to, yeah. to that, yeah all of these different kind of things there's this the time loop that's not what this this is about it's okay, not about doing not time looping. there's another form of time travel which is just it's it's not about the time travel and it's not a story about time travel it's just a fish out of water this person goes to a different time and learns lessons learns about the technology learns about the people there oh it's everything strange and the example of that the, the, the first example of that is the Connecticut Yankee in King Arthur's court someone goes back in time to the time of King Arthur and is just a man out of time yeah you can do this going forward in time and everything's yeah. weird or you can do it backwards in time and then you're like the godlike figure who can predict yes. um, um, you know, well, in this, in this case, you can predict when the eclipse is going to happen uh, in that case. Um, uh, what else? Yes. Yeah, so there's another one, which is you go backwards or forwards in time. And then the trick is to get yourself back to your own time. Yeah. And maybe put something back, you know, which is the classic back to the, the, the first back to the future. Go there. And then the big drama is, will you get back to your own time or not? Yes. And try not to break the universe in the, at the same time. Although back to the future is kind of like overlapping with two, with two categories, right? Well, yes, it's a, it's a fish out of water. Yeah. I mean, the fish out of water aspect is, is, is sometime, I mean, is often there. Yes. I'm just saying that you combine these two things. The other one, though, is, oh, another idea is where time travel exists and people know that time travel exists and the rules are all work out nobody is like accidental time traveling you know there's even a book called the accidental time machine by joan halderman which okay. is which is quite fun actually there's someone goes goes forward into the future accidentally and then yeah. does it more and each time he accidentally goes forward in the forward it goes further and further yeah. into the future and stuff and like that Time machine uh, from Crichton. Crate, is it Michael Crichton? Michael Crichton. Yeah, yeah. There's you know, uh, kind of... there, well, that's one. Again, they go back. They go back in time to the medieval times. Yes. You know that kind of thing. It's called timeline. I think timeline. Timeline. Yeah. Timeline. timeline. I've read the book. I've never watched the movie, um, but it, it exists. But a lot of that is like, and now we've got to, you know, make our way in the world and get to this exact point. You know, if you get to that exact point and get picked up, the time machine, the portal will open, and you'll be able to get home. So lots of so visual water things. 
Getting Home. End of Eternity, book by Isaac Asimov, which I think you would actually really enjoy, is a um, is a book where the story is that the the um, there's a like a, a a faction, not faction, like an agency, which kind of accesses this passageway out of time. And if you go into this building and go up a few floors and come out, you come out in a different time. And you go back in and you go up to a different floor and come out, you oh, know, and that kind of stuff. And you keep going up and down this building. It, yeah. It's not a real building. It's like a it's like a out of physics kind of quantum building well yeah it's like a quantum like uh, like a, a different plane of existence and if you come in and out of it you get you get into different points of time okay but the people in there know about it and they can control it so there's lots of this someone going to like the same person going to the same place twice okay now in all of these what things about, what about the issue of changing something changing something yeah that's the thing there's obviously there's always two different ways to do it is the is the past and the future malleable so if you go back in time and change something will it change in the future or you get the ideas if you go back in time nothing you can do can change time and if you think you change something actually then that's the thing that it was always going to have been changed and always will be changed yes so there's the your fate is, is kind of, your fate is kind set of like a loop it's not that it's a loop it's that if fate is fixed and yeah. you go back in time and change something it always it always has been that it changed yeah, so the, yeah the status quo is that you always that you have to go back in time to, yes you to have be to have, you have to have been you have to have done that yes. so there is some kind of grandfather paradox go back in time and uh, um, and become your own grandfather or kill you if you go back in time and kill your grandfather before your father was conceived Will you still be there? Will you still be there? What can that possibly happen? And stuff like that. Or, and I mentioned this before, the story All You Zombies by, I think, Heinlein, uh, which is someone goes back in time and impregnates his own mother, but also then goes back in time and has a sex change and becomes a woman who is impregnated by himself. So he's his own father Wait, and his mother what? and himself. Yes, so exactly. It's a weird thing. So and that brings up the idea being that if you go back in time oh if the time travel is involved and there can be two people at any one time oh, at once. If the same person can be in the same place at the same time, nearby yes, each other, yes. they might have different identities to pass themselves off because they don't want everyone to know that there's two of them. Oh, okay. So you go somewhere and then when you go back there again, you take a different name. And then when you go she back there again, like you take a, another yeah. name. Okay. And also, you can be old at one point and young at the next point and stuff yeah. like that. So, when you actually know all of these forms, when you start reading a time travel book like I did with The Tourist, yeah. immediately I was on the lookout for what kind of time travel is this? Is it a looping story? No, it's not a looping story. Is, is the future set or not set? In this case, it's making an argument that everything is always set and everything that's ever going to happen will have happened and is happening. Okay, so you can't change anything. You, you can't change anything, but the, what this book becomes, what it turns out what this book is about, as you're reading it, is agency. And because people, lots of people from the 23rd and 24th century um, are coming back to the 21st century on holiday trips as tourists... So, uh, in okay. in the very near future of our very near future, the the world, the the time travelers say, "Hey, we're visiting you now. We visited you in the past, but we never told you that we were visiting you in the past. We <laughs> always hid know. it. But now you know we're coming back here because we want it, because our post-apocalyptic future is a bit drab and dreary, and everyone lives underground, oh, okay. uh, and we want to experience sort of like outside, and we want to see animals which haven't gone extinct and all that That's kind of stuff." We want to come out and it's sort of like and deal with it. And the modern day world is like, yeah, I but guess. They if don't, you... But they don't want to change the past, so no, they there's... also will have a good 
Yes, they don't, like, they, don't, they don't. Well, that's the thing, and that's the kind of thing. That's what this book becomes about. That's what it becomes about. But but the idea is because lots of people might come from different parts of the twenty third, twenty fourth century. They might know what's going to happen to somebody or what somebody has done in the past. Yeah. They might have met before. Are they, they allowed met. to tell them? No, that's the thing. It's like really bad etiquette to tell someone what they are going Ooh. to do in the future because you want them to believe that they have agency. Yeah. And this is a, a fascinating story element which is explored really well in this book, which I've never seen quite done in quite this same way. Okay. To the to the point where they will say, "You are going to die at this time. Yeah. You're going to die on this year." But it doesn't matter that you tell them that because they don't know how long they're going to live before they reach that time. If they go back、What? in time, if you go, I say you're going to die on the fifteenth、uh, of March, two thousand nineteen. Yeah, that's really bad because that's tomorrow.、Yeah. But if you now go back in time, yeah, and stay and go to a different time or forward in time and, and stay, stay there, there for forty years.、Yeah. And on your like, you're about to die on your deathbed, and you're like, "Oh, I just want to go back and see my family." They're like, "Okay, you go back in time, you come out, you see your family, and you die tomorrow、oh, in my time, but in forty, fifty years' time in your time." Yes, you know, I see it. Do you get yeah, that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I get it. Also, it starts off with one of the main character, Spence.、Um, he's been told that he's going to be sent back through the time portal because of a、uh, because of an infraction, like a rules infraction. He's going to get like a reprimand, an official reprimand for breaking some rule. He did. He is told that he is going to go back in back to the future, back to his own time from the twenty first century. Yeah, he's going to be sent back because he he's one of the tourist leader. He's one of the tour leaders here. So they say, oh, I know that in two weeks' time I'm going to be held up for some for some、uh, you know rules infraction, and I'm going to be sent back to the future with a reprimand. But I don't know what I'm going to do that breaks the rules. But like I'm maybe going to do something. But I'm not going to worry about it because it's going to happen. But until then, I'm going to just hang out here. Sounds fun. Creepy. It, it is creepy because also you're thinking, well, does do they change the future? That also that doesn't happen. Mild spoilers, but guess, this,、yeah. it's, it's, it's really just, difficult like, for me to spoil really this not, bit. Like, Yeah, but it's really difficult to not spoil anything because you're, well, you're telling stuff about it. But no, of... I'm not spoiling it. I'm just kind of like explaining what I what was in my head as I was going into this book, and I was thinking, okay, so either this is going to happen or it's not going to happen. If it doesn't happen, is that because time is actually mutable and cause and effect are mutable? Like you can actually change the future or change the past, or is it they told him that he was going to go back in time in two weeks' time because of a rules infraction? But actually, he doesn't. But they told him a lie. So here's the thing. But they told him that for him to act in a certain way. So by telling you, but like it's the same thing like in the Matrix when、yeah. the the medium tells、yeah. him, "Oh, don't worry about the vase," and he、yeah. says, "What vase?" And then、yes. he turns, and then it yeah. falls. Yes, so- exactly. So. What would you say if I said you're gonna? This is gonna happen to you in two weeks' time. Well, I would probably do something so that it doesn't happen. No, but you already know that it will happen because every other time anybody has ever said this to you in your entire life, like your entire existence and the entire idea of time travel, is already established that you don't tell people things because it's so bad form. Okay. Like it's it's really so, bad etiquette to tell someone what they're going to do in the future because it's it so that's what it is because you know and everyone accepts that it, that is what's going to happen. So you're going to stay inactive. No, you're not going to stay inactive. You you lose your agency. 
Like you've got to oh. feel like you're making your own decisions, and it's yeah. not fair to tell someone, "Oh yeah, I met you in I met you in uh, four days' time, and you were in this place doing this and doing that." Because you're just like, "Oh, that's a real pity." And you're like, "Well, I guess I'll go and do that anyway now that I know I'm going to do it." You know yeah. that kind of yeah. thing. But here's so the thing: so you give in in your fate. Yes, you, you're giving into your fate. However, if you want to manipulate somebody into doing something, or if you don't want them to share information, you tell them a lie. They accept it as truth and just be like, oh, this is going to happen. So they don't pay attention to other things. And it's actually a really interesting way in this book yeah. of using lies to get, give people agency to distract them from actually the important stuff that's going to happen that yeah. they're not, they, you don't want them to find out about or you don't want them to find out about and then be able to tell other people okay. because then that might get back to the future or further into the past and give away the game. Wow, this is uh, already... Okay. This is an incredible book about oh. this kind of stuff. And that's the thing. It's like, this, it's like this second, third, and fourth order manipulation of the main character in this book who doesn't even understand what's happening because he doesn't see what's going on with the rest of the things. Well, but we do. Yeah, we do. He, he can't see the big picture. So it's really interesting to yet again read a time travel book about somebody who is like on the sidelines and not trying to get in the way of stuff, you know. What other book was that that you... Well, like, lots of time travel books need to do this. If, yeah. the, if, the, if the idea being that someone has to be able to sit on the side and be an observer... Like, in my own book that I wrote, Mining Tomorrow, which yeah. is time travel, the first few versions of it I was writing, I was like, this is really weird because the rest of the story relies on somebody not being involved in history for 20 years. Yeah. And that's a really boring way to start off a story. And I had to work, work around this idea yeah. of somebody can exist in the modern world like as a time traveler but what's it going to be and there's this weird conspiracy theory that he got and then he goes and lives in thailand and you know and becomes a snorkeling instructor or whatever he does yeah. and uh, in uh, in thailand for 20 years um and people think he's died people think he died out there in a tsunami and you know all these different kind of things so the idea of removing somebody from the story or having someone be passive and there's there's other science fiction time travel stories where somebody actually has to be passive yeah. and it's like that's that's a really tricky game to play narratively so kind of like the opposite to back to the future where they are overactive like they yeah. they are so active that yeah everything like but they really enforce yeah The, the whole timeline yeah so here's the tricky thing then in this book is why are people being why are they stopping people telling uh, things that have happened in the past that passed down to the future in the future there's this thing called the nee which is the near extinction event okay And oh. nobody knows quite uh -huh. why it is. And there's a lot of data been lost because we keep all our data now in the cloud. And they say, oh, well, all the cloud, all the computers broke down and we don't, we don't have any of that data. So okay. there's actually lots of data running up to this point. And then, like, actually at this point, everything breaks down and nobody really knows what caused it because all the things that said what was being caused. So you make it uh, an ethical thing kind of to avoid something to people to find out what happened. Yeah, it's kind of like bad form to make that. Anyway, what's happening is there's this big conspiracy, and this is what I don't want to go too much into, but there is this thing, you know, which I've seen done a few times, is like how do two people, how do people who both have access to time travel fight each other if they always, always know what's going on Like, if you just keep going a little bit further back in the past and changing it and keep going a little bit further back into the past and changing some of it. So it's whoever can get in f before the other person, late but before I them. But I guess the, I thought nothing changed. Yes, but, but that's the thing about this book is that there is a fight between two... It keeps saying that, oh, the past is just another country. 
And it's like, you can just visit the past. It's like another country. You can just go there. Okay. But what if two countries are fighting each other, but they're at different points in time? They're in the same place, in, they're in the same place but at different points in time. And how do they fight each other? Anyway, all of I that's in this Great book. Great Britain is currently going to yes. that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the Brit- some, some other place. No, but it works. Anyway, so... Again, there's so much in this book which it's impossible for me to spoil because, like, just just to get me to the point to explain what something is happening, you have to have already finished this book, and that is what Stevie Kincaid does in his review. So he he's says, like, he's like, this is the longest review I've ever written, going like it, even more than Cloud Atlas or whatever he says. Like, I'm yeah. going to write more about this than that, yeah. and he goes back and he says, right, if you got any questions, this is what happens, and this is what happens. And there was like, again, there was one or two things which I didn't immediately like, I didn't pick up on the first way through, <laughs> yeah. but I I understood what was going on enough and weirdly enough that makes me feel really clever but it's not really clever it's just I, I went into it with the right mindset I was told that I had to um, keep notes and I didn't keep notes but you just have to have a framework in your mind which is this and I'm drawing like a, a square like a square like yeah. in front of me and this like is time map. this is time and these are different places yeah. this is different places and they have to go through time but each character has a line and the line can start at anywhere and go anywhere and can be in the same place numerous times okay. so if someone starts there and they go there and they come forward they can also go back to there and they go forward again and other characters can you, lines can cross and somebody can meet someone in their past or have met someone in their past and then they meet them again, but the, the person that they're meeting again, they're meeting them for the first time. And it's even a funny line in this book where it says, hey, this happened so much in this one culture, this time travel stuff, that they even added two new tenses to their language. <laughs> one is, this happened in the past to me, but I, I, it hasn't happened to me in my own subjective timeline, but it's objectively happened date, date line in the past, but I don't know about it. I will have, I have done it, I have done it date in terms of date, but I haven't done it in terms of my subjective experience. And the other one is something happened in the future. Something is going to happen in the future date-wise, but I've already done it my own subjective timeline-wise. So if you actually have these two tenses in your brain, a story oh like God. this can't be too complicated. Anyway, let me go back over here to um, uh, the rating on, on Goodreads. Here we go. 2.66 stars. Oh, wow. That's this is really bad. This is by far the lowest rated book on Goodreads I've ever read. At least as far as I know. As far as I can remember. Yeah. Maybe actually if I look at all my books. Let me see if I can bring it up here. If I can look up um, Goodreads review list. Um, yeah, I can actually... I think I can sort... Let me... I, I, on Goodreads, it says I've read 500 books. It says I've read on Goodreads here. I'm going to sort by average rating. Um, oh, it takes quite a long time to sort here. Uh, average rating. I'm going to now sort it in the other direction. So hopefully it'll, it'll sort. Um, the, the lowest rated book I've ever read was... It was actually... Uh, oh, there's some... Oh, the lowest books I've read are actually some comic books, which were the free oh. comic books that I've read. Oh, yeah. So let's go down. Time Station Berlin uh, was okay. was one of the earliest books I read, and that is a, a, a 3.0, and the, the ones that are lower than 2.66. So this is the, the lowest rated, on average, book, non-comic book, that I've ever read of, on Goodreads. Good it's wow. even lower than Time Station Berlin, a book that I gave, I think, 0.5 stars oh, okay. early on in my, yes. uh, uh, in my podcast. I've never heard about this book before. No, and I read it, um, I read it a long, long, long time ago. Okay. Uh, let's actually have a look here. My, my own ratings. 
Um, I think Time Station Berlin is, is pretty far down there. Uh, oh, I can't see it. Anyway. Have you made a review, like a podcast about it? Yeah, yeah, because that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, Time Station Berlin, I gave a 0.5 stars. So a book that I gave 0.5 stars to has a higher rating, rating, average rating on Goodreads than The Tourist by Robert Dickinson, which is the book that I'm reading now, or have just okay, finished maybe, re reading now. Maybe though this book is like pretty recent and maybe more it's people pretty recent it's someone's it first novel there are a few first novelisms in there where you're like oh the character someone's this, got a good story this, and it's been made into a movie no well yes but but also no because it it relies on you it relies on two characters like being turning up together what tv show what I'm saying is it relies on two characters being in the same place but not recognizing each other and that's really difficult to do because again you have it, they have to come to the realization that they were both in the same room you know there's these stories of like oh this person was in the same room twice but he never remembered him it, like he didn't remember noticing himself being in the same room so but the second time it was the same Yes, and that's really difficult to do in a movie, but you can do it in a book because you don't, if you, you don't have to describe, here's someone with black glasses and dark hair wearing a red hat, like, you know, over and over again. The looking, the, the, one, the one actor playing themselves twice is such a trope that to do that, you, that but that's not a trope Twins. in... Yeah, but that's not a trope in books because you don't describe, you, you don't see it. It's not visual. You only, you only write what people notice. And it could be, it could be made into a movie. But it, I would say there's, there's other better time travel stories which are better suited to B-movies than okay. this book, which is very much written to be a novel. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So now I'm very, very, very interested in your writing. My rating is that coming now, or do I have to wait more? I want to talk to you a bit about some stuff oh, here. This okay. is what this is a conversation that I was really fascinated. In this world, people go back in time, but they can't bring anything. They can't bring anything back to the future again with them. Yeah. But what they can do is um, leave caches of something for the future. So they bury something in a spot which they know is not going to be dug up until a certain time in the future. Does that make sense? So in the past, they put uh, something in the a ground. metal box in the thing. Yeah, in and the then, ground, and, and leave something future. and leave something for the future. Yeah, like but then in, they, in Berlin. Oh, but they can't take it while they are traveling. No, they can't take it back okay. with them, but they can leave it for the okay. for the future. So if I get a spot, and then in the future I can come. Well, back you can to that do that. I mean, you can take then... some stuff back to, back with you, but only like small things, you know, things yeah. that fit in the transport, whatever. Anyway, what they do though is people go back in time and attend historical music events and set up microphones and record them oh. and then come back to the future with those recordings. Oh, I love and that. And there's this, there's this really interesting section of... Oh, there's these characters that come up in the book called... Um, uh, oh, let's actually look at my note here. They're, they're called, I think it's Brink and Nakamura who go back in time um, to the time of, uh, I don't know, you know, classical music. They go back to the time yeah. of Beethoven or Mozart or something yeah. and go to various concerts oh, I'd love to and record to know. record them record the, get yeah. these recordings yeah. and Brink and Nakamura have this famous adventure where they they, they they go back in time and the machine is destroyed and they're like oh we got to get to you know there's a, a place that we can get to to get back in time we know that somebody is going to be in Moscow at this time or in Siberia or whatever it is okay. and uh, actually I think the Siberia what's, what was that um, what's the event in Siberia where there was a, an explosion in the sky and it wiped out lots of I can never remember the name of it an asteroid a meteor came in and exploded above Siberia yeah. at some point. And anyway, it, it seems to be that that might have something to do with time travel as well. Uh, and that, or, and the Tungunguska event or something. Maybe is it Tungunguska? I don't know. Tiger. Uh, 
Tunguska event. Um, okay. A large you know explosion. Stuff. The Tunguska event, a large explosion that occurred near the stony, stony Tunguska River. Um, anyway, it's when was that? In uh, in 1909, 1908. Sorry, okay. 1908. Um, anyway, it seemed. I'm not sure if it is that. Um, but oh yeah, actually, maybe at the end they say, "Oh, the river here is the Stony River." Oh, actually, so maybe that is it. Yes, I didn't realize that the Stony the Stony River. Maybe that. Ah, oh, that's that's something. All right, I'm gonna maybe listen to the end of the book because they say there's a river nearby or something. Or maybe that was just in my head. Maybe I was just reading into it. Maybe I'm remembering stuff. Anyway, this book is pretty complex. So here's, here's your question. Here's the big question for you. If you could go back in time and go to any concert, which concert would it be? I don't know. I'd probably go back to Bach and listen to some of his concerts. Original. Just, yeah, okay. just know what is the timing? What's the speed of these things? Yes. How are they performing it? Okay, so somebody does, you or somebody else does that, brings that recording back to the future, back to the 23rd century. Yeah. Now, you take that recording of the original performance by the composer, like, like conducted by the composer, like exactly how the composer imagined it, and you take that back to the 21st century and say, check it out, guys, I'm releasing the original recording, and everyone knows that time travel really exists, and they know that this so really is the first ever. They don't doubt you. They, they don't, don't doubt you. This crazy woman. Would they want to listen to that and accept that to be the the one true recording, or would they not mind going a lot like listening to a recording from the Berlin Philharmonic, directed by Simon Rattles of the same kind of thing? Like, which would be the the true recording? And this is discussed a bit in this book. Okay, is which which is the best recording? Which would be the true recording? Like, which is the true version of that track? Um, I think, I think of that piece of music. I think this is like this is one of the things in music that makes music so uh, so rich. Uh, you can't say there is one the recording. It's the recording. Yeah. M- music exists because people make it. Yeah. So just because the somebody the composer yeah. wrote down or thought about oh this is the melody I want doesn't mean in my opinion that it has to be exactly like that and i i often struggle with this kind of uh thinking especially in our current uh classical world about this okay the sheet music is so much our bible we have yeah. to follow everything that is in there and i don't think so well, i think but what if somebody like didn't use the sheet music that we have now of a piece but actually like transcribed what was actually going on or maybe they went back and took a photo of the original sheet music i mean we do have we a lot of the, we do have a lot of the original but sheet music what but would be more in, more interesting because even if you write it down if you have the manuscript and everything yeah. you never know what was the the tempo that they based it on like mm-hmm. so uh, there's research saying oh, that the tuning yeah yeah, well, the tuning, we know about the tuning. Yeah. We know pretty well about the tuning. But the, the tempo is a really big question because uh, there's research saying that people in uh, 200 years ago did everything slower. Yeah. Everything. And we in current yeah. times just make everything way faster because the world is faster. We think, we, we act yeah. faster and all this kind of stuff. And... Uh, and so it, I always it love, the, I always so love those uh, those stories of dancing, like, and they do the tango or they do a waltz, and yeah. the waltz was so much that people were fainting because they were waltzing too yes. quickly. Yes. And then you listen to the same piece of music, and you're like, like, really? <laughs> that doesn't sound yeah. too bad. Or, exactly. or when you when you hear someone now play some, you know, uh, 
like these um, virtuoso, uh, almost like they're speed running the piece of music. They're just yes. they're hitting all the notes, but so close together. And yeah. we hear that same piece of music. They, when you actually hear it slower, it feels wrong, even though we all know that 100 years ago, it nobody was, was playing it that exactly, fast. Yeah. Exactly. Like today, in our times, everything will be way, way, way faster than they did it. Uh, and if it isn't, it's a very, dis- like, uh, a very specific choice that they're making to do it in a slower, uh, slower tempo. Yes. Anyway. There's but quite that w- I would love to hear that. Yeah. Yes. Anyway, I'm just saying that in this book, the main ca- one of the main characters spent his one of his main things that he wants to do is like his plan in the future is to go back in time and see a performance in in Vienna of yeah. some, you know, I can't exactly remember which piece of music it was, but he he has this recording. So he's like, "Ah, oh, this is a recording that I made in the future." Like, I am going to have recorded this in my future in the past. Yeah. Like, once I'm retired, what I do as one of my retirement trips yeah. is go back to Vienna in, in 1808, or I don't, I don't know when he's going back yeah. to, but whatever it is, I'm going to go back there and do that. And this, this, is my, this is a recording that I made. See, he knows in the future he is going to have gone to that concert and seen it and he's the one who set up the microphone. He's like, but I don't hear myself on the microphone. I hear these conversations of people next to me in the booth next to me. But I'm not like I don't hear myself. I didn't say anything to myself. And he's like, why didn't I say? Why didn't I say, hey, here I am. Why don't I hear my voice and do that kind of thing? So maybe it wasn't him. But the, the thing is, is that he knows he's going to do this. He knows he is going to have done this in the past in his future. Again, we need a new tense to talk about that kind of thing. Yeah, it's a bit crazy. Date-wise, it already really happened. And he knows it's already happened because he has the recording in his name. So, uh, yeah. Huh. Anyway, lots of things like this in this book. And I really enjoyed, and I made a note of this, these people who go back in time and see these first ever live performances of, you know, you know Beethoven's Fifth Symphony or whatever like that. Yeah. And one guy was like, oh, yeah, I went back twice. I saw it once from here and the other time, well, I made sure I stayed in the back of the concert hall because if I was at the back, you know, I was in the first time I was there, I was in a box, but then I stayed at the back and maybe, you know, did this whatever. And people were like, look, we can't let that happen. We can't allow two people to keep going back and meeting themselves in the, in the past. So they put in place rules. You know, this time travel authority puts in place rules to do this. Anyway, that is just a few little glimpses of the things I've written in this novel, including a massive conspiracy and lots of other stuff. And what how, is truth? How and... long and big is this book? It's really short. Really? Yeah. You're telling me like no, 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 no. It, it sounds the thing. like this is a massive all, book. All of the thing that all of the things that I'm telling you about the book and what the book is like isn't in the book. What? Um, let me have a look. Uh, the book is, what does it say? 352 pages. I think it was oh. like a 12-hour audiobook. Or, you know, it was like, like a 10-hour audiobook or something what like that. What do you mean that. it is not in the book? The rules of all of this isn't in the book. The explanation oh, that oh, I'm just, telling you isn't oh, in the just, book. You're saying we just get all the results and we, we get have the results to make up with the rules yourself. Yes. Well, you've got to work out the rules yourself and work out if the rules that the people in the story know are the rules, if they really are the rules. Yeah. You've got to work out if the things that ah. they're being told is true. You've got to work out which characters are doubling up. You've got to work out why that person... Is that person telling the other person the truth that they're going to do this in the future or that they met in the past? Or are they telling them that to, to free them up to give them agency? Or are they manipulating? So, do you remember when I went to that training in intercultural diversity, whatever? Okay. And we played this this game. (laughs) Yeah, we played this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell the story. We played this game. Yeah. It was very fascinating. First rule was we are not allowed to talk. 
um, second rule was that you had like a, a, a cup with chips in it, like yeah. play game chips. And, um, and then there was a paper with rules that like you had four tables. Yeah. And everybody got like one table got the rules. Like each table got the rules. Yeah. So uh, then you were not allowed to talk. You, everyone read the, the, the rules. There was a, a dice with different, different signs on it. Yeah. And then you were supposed to... This is way too complicated. Just skip to anyway, the point of the story. It's The whole point was, like, you didn't know... Like, when you finished the game, you went to the, one person went to the next table to, to the play the game again. With the next table people. And yeah. I arrived there not knowing... Because you won your game. I won my game. Uh, so uh, I didn't know uh, what to do. So I, I played my game with these people. Yeah. And then it turned slowly out that uh, I wasn't playing their game. But first, I was doubting myself. I was doubting, oh, maybe I forgot the rules of my table. Yeah. And then the next round, somebody else came from my table. And then it turned out that they also remembered my rules. So yes. I wasn't then stupid anymore. And it turned out every table got different, different rules. Different rules. But you didn't know. And yeah. you weren't allowed to talk. Yeah. And you first, you went through different phases. You doubted <laughs> yourself. Then somebody else came. And yeah. then you were like thinking, yes. And then you were trying to convince the other people that these are the rules. But you weren't allowed to talk about them. But you weren't allowed to, rule, th- yeah. to talk about it. So it was this really clever way of telling people that you play your rules where you are. Yeah. No matter where you go, yeah. those rules might be different without you knowing. Yeah. So you have to act on something that you don't even know about. Yes. I'm not saying that that's happening in this book. But it's a similar kind of feeling that you turn yeah. up in the next chapter of this book yeah. and suddenly it switches to a different viewpoint and it's in second person. It's saying, you were doing this, you were doing that, you were doing this. And I'm like, wow, second person in books normally is really annoying yeah. when the narrator is telling you, you do this and you do that and you yeah. do this. But as it goes on, you're realizing, oh, this is a character actually talking in first person. And you know how they're talking in first person? Oh, they're talking to themselves. Yeah, because if time travel exists, you can actually talk to yourself in the first person or you can talk to yourself in the second person. Yes. Like if if I'm also in this room and I'm talking to myself going, you do this, you do that, you do this and you do that. You're like, I mean, it isn't literally happening, but it's figured like as a metaphor of existing in a world where two people can be in the same place at the same time and have conversations with each other in real time, like a real time conversation with each other. Anyway, it gets tricky but the, even the language choices in this book are clever enough that even if there's a few things wrong with the book, I'm, I'm, it, it's good. It's good fun. So it blew your mind? It, no, it didn't blow my mind. It made me feel really good about myself that okay. a book which is so lo- low, it's got such a low rating because it is, it, like Stevie Kincaid, his mind was blown and he read it twice. And yeah. other people, I, I scroll down through, some people just don't get it at all. Some people say it's the most complicated book that they're reading. Other people are saying it's boring, they don't know what happens and they get to the end of the book and there's no payoff because it doesn't explain it. Yeah. I'm like, of course there was payoff. Like, like the you were sitting next to me on the couch. Yeah. I was crying. No, I wasn't. I was crying. Yeah, you cheered up. There is a sad you end. You were very there emotional. There is a sad end to the book. As And again, I don't want to give away why the end of the book is so sad. It's not like everyone dies in the end. Although, maybe? I don't know. Anyway, so, but when you get there, you're just like, oh. Like, I was like, oh. And everything fell into the places. For me, as the person reading it, but because the book is told from the point of view of the characters in the book who don't have all the information... When it gets to the end of their story, other people know the, know the end of their story. But they don't. But they don't. But then we, as the, the readers, know the end, by the end of it, know the end of everybody who reaches that part of the story. We know the end of their story. Yeah. So, as an example, 
if you if you've already read the part where someone dies, yeah. and then you re- read about them doing something at the end of the book, it's kind of tragic. Even though they don't die at the end. Yes, because they did. And they'll just zoom out, just zoom out from that, and you understand like that the the. the wow, that's the, really complicated. It's a it little bit complicated. Brain. It's a little bit complicated. Anyway, maybe if people have, like, go into it with my mindset of already having formulated all the di- possible different time travel books this could be, yeah. and then working out the thing that makes this different from any other time travel book is the fact that time travel is taken for granted within the world of the book, yeah. and also taken for granted between the author of the book and the reader of the book. Okay. And I've never read a story which takes such a, uh, on the face of it, a mind-blowing science fictional concept and then doesn't s- step you through it. Yeah. The, the people in the book uh, kind of talk about what's possible with time travel and what's not because they're just living their life. Yeah. You only ever read about stuff that happens, pretty much. You only read by about action, stuff... By by something what happens. But, about what's happening. But also you only ever read about people in the 21st century. So the world that they're in is our world. So there's not even the fish out of water stuff because the people, ah. people know what it's like in the 21st century. Loads of people come here on holiday. The people who are doing this stuff, they know what mobile phones are and everything yeah. like that. So we don't even get the ha- We don't even get the fun person out of time thing because the people are there. They're there for just working. They're just tour guides. They know yeah. everything and they know what it's like. They're like, oh yeah, we get discriminated against, but it's not really discrimination because we have all the power. You know, we know yeah. what's happening and stuff and people are resentful about that and things, but we don't know. And they know they're going to be safe because actually what it even says at the start of the book this is a this is a special tour group this is a special tour group because on the way back to the resort the bus is going to get into a minor accident and nobody's going to get hurt but it's going to be a little bit of excitement and people are like oh i want to go on this one there's a there's the bus gets the bus gets into a small accident but nobody gets hurt and it's fine i want to go on that one and they do because they know that the bus is going to get into an accident on the way back so weird. and it does so you, again, you don't. You, it's a it's a time travel book without even the element of fish out of water. Yeah. Because you're in the you're in the time. But it it still falls into the category. There is of what? Of time travel. Of no, of the different categories of time travel, or is it like very much? A, a, it's a, a book. New, it's a book a which doesn't. It's a book which doesn't. Um, uh, <laughs> no, I could get. No, Juliana. No, no. Just use that towel. Just wipe your nose. Um, it's it's a book which doesn't handhold you through the f- uh, concepts of time travel. Okay, so you must have knowledge of time travel. If you go into this not knowing this is a time travel book, oh boy, that is really bad. If you go into it knowing, like, Back to the Future or Groundhog Day or a few other certain ideas that are possible within time travel, you'd be a bit tr- it'd be tricky, but you could maybe get a hold of it. If you go into it like I did, already having in my head the tenses that explained in this book of stuff that's happened in the past but is going to happen in your future and stuff that has happened in your past but is going to happen in the future if that for you isn't if that for you isn't tricky because you already accept that that is possible in a time travel I book I still think this will be tricky for loads of people I do think it'll be too tricky for a lot of people and I think lots of people would enjoy it and I and there was lots of people who said you know it's a good job this is a Peter Kenny audiobook because Peter Kenny is a really really, really good. good audiobook narrator so if I have to, if I have to listen to something twice to get everything out of the book you that I thought it would Peter to Kenny is a really good narrator to be able to get that out of it cool. anyway 
So uh, as you can see, I'm quite enthusiastic about the book yes. because it gave me a reading experience that I haven't ha had before. And also, Stevie Kincaid told me I would get this and kind of reading right. experience. And it made me feel clever knowing that I got 90% of what was hidden in the book yeah. on the first read. Yeah. And the 10% away. Maybe, also because maybe that, the 5% like, that I didn't get. Things, if he wouldn't have told you that that it is a book that you'd have to read twice and you have to pay attention yes, a lot. Yes, I, I wouldn't have done it. Exactly. I wouldn't have done it. He, it, it but telling me you're going to read a book which you might have to keep notes for to keep everything straight, I go into it with my note, my mental notebook already open yeah. with exactly this thing in my head, yeah. this, big, this big plan, this big wall chart of dates yeah. and stuff. Yeah. And every character who comes up, I know that it could be one line because I've read All You Zombies. You know, I've read... Uh, end of eternity and, and stuff like that. You wrote a book of that yourself, so I think it, that the time I do a different twist on the time travel. Yes, but I think that is so important. If you have to, if you read something, it is already good that you have the knowledge about that. Yeah. But if you have to figure something out to, to write it, to write it, to transport it in a way that a reader will understand or like get tricked or whatever. Yeah. It, it is a totally different mindset that you that you go through if you if you try to come up with it. Mm. It really is different, and yeah. I think this is this adds a lot to your My time travel yeah. mind. This uh, is a book written for me in the same way that Nine Fox yeah. Gambit. It's sort of like this book is written for Luke. This like Nine Fox yeah. Gambit is pretty much sort of like, hey, let's take these two of your favorite books in the culture series, kind of combine them into one, plus yeah. loads of other crazy stuff with yeah. no punches pulled. I'm like, yeah, good. This book is written for me. However, it's not a five star book. Okay. I give this a four-star book as a four-star book. Four. Four stars? Four stars, which means it's very much for Luke. There are some issues with it, which I don't even need to go into. Just sort of like some character stuff or whatever. Okay, first, first, first novel issues. Yeah, it feels like a first novel in some cases. And Is it? Well, here's the thing. Maybe me enjoying the... the I guess it's a first novel. I, thought, I, saw, I saw on somebody else's review that it was, it was mentioned that it was a first novel. Uh, the Tourist... Oh no, it's not the first novel. No, he's he's written something in two thousand ten. Uh, that could those could be um, those could be uh, short stories or something like that. One of them's got zero rating, so probably oh, okay. uh, probably a maybe it's a first but it's published. A first published. Maybe book. it's a first published novel. Yeah, one of them uh, has exactly one review. The schism has two reviews, so this is probably his first book, which has got more than. Uh, the, the tourist has got it, it's it's got 715 ratings and 226 reviews. The other one has literally two reviews. Yes. So the, probably the previous ones are self-published. So yeah, yeah, you kind of count this as a first book. Yes. Uh, yeah. This is uh, this has got a uh, uh, Red Hook publishers. Yeah. So anyway, uh, a very good book. Maybe I'll bump it up to four and a half stars because I really did enjoy reading it, and I really did, it, what it told me to think about with time. It kind of exposed something which is more possible with time travel than I was imagining it would be. Okay. You know, in a way, I have like I say, I have these foundational ideas of these different stories. Like if you say like a, a time looping story, you yeah. immediately think Groundhog Day because that is like the the platonic ideal of what is what yeah. that kind of thing is. It's yeah. about somebody who gains knowledge to better themselves and to solve other people's problems and get to know themselves better. Yeah. And you know, uh, what is it? Edge of Eternity? No, was it called Edge, Edge of, of Tomorrow? Edge of Tomorrow or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, that was sort of like, hey, it's Groundhog Day, but it's also a war movie. 
and then you know happy death day to you is not like it's groundhog day but you die at the end of every day you know that yes. kind of thing it's uh, like these different kind of things but it's always it's groundhog day but something you know and the whole go back in time and accidentally kiss your mother and don't want to you, know, you want it so you, you exist in the future and you're fading and then it's a race again you know back to the future pretty much set that out yes that now when you say get into a time machine you just think oh even the time machine it's sort of like the idea of there being a machine which moves you through time you would just say yeah it's a hg wells time machine and you're like great don't need to worry about that anymore it's there um but this was new in a way this is It, it's a it's a time travel book which kind of defies my attempts to say oh it's just like this book but it's mm. the book that it's most like to me is End of Eternity by um, Isaac Asimov okay um, but it's it, but it's, it's, it's very different from that the, the idea is different from that even though it does have some of the same ideas and some of the same themes and some of the same things but this book is much better than that I do think okay um, yeah, so if you want to give it a go, give it a go, but get your notepad and pen. Yeah, I, I definitely would have to get it. Nah. I, I even think keeping notes would have made it bad, but I could just like leave this big blank space in my mind that like every character who turns up, it's just in this quantum state of uncertainty that, oh, this person could be the same person as that person, yeah. but they're just hiding their thing, they're hiding their identity from the other person. And this person might know what's going on here because they're, they've already seen it from the other side in the past or something like that. So going This into every scene, so yeah, but going into every single scene and every character that turns up and having those things in your mind as you're going on, Yes, makes it complicated. On top of all of that is a massive conspiracy in the book that the characters have got to get to the bottom of and, okay. and, uh, and work out what's going on. And we as a reader have to kind of get on with that too. It's always fun to see you enjoying a book so much. It's, it does something to your eyes when you speak. Like, <laughs> do, I, do I have sparkly eyes like, when I enjoy uh, a book? All right, let's give yeah. it four and a half stars then. If, I, if, my, eyes are, if, I, if my eyes are sparkling so much. However, here's the thing. My rating system is normally, if it's a four-star book, I think it's good for everyone to read. And I've mentioned this to you before. Like, sometimes this it, is very much a, a very yeah, special... It's, it's really tricky that people are going, hey, if you like a book which is all really dense politics, maybe Red Mars. But if you want even less things happening than Red Mars, but more politics, maybe sighting you know that kind of thing and they're like oh man this is right in my wheelhouse but i can't give it four stars or five stars because you know a three and a half star book is one which i'm going it's a good book it's worth reading but it's not for everyone yes. whereas this book i think like nine fox gambit is not a book for everyone yes. like if if you need someone to sit you down halfway the book and say okay let me explain like i did with you in nine fox gambit and yeah. like okay here was the scene yes let's let's just go back over this scene again a few more times and read through it paragraph by paragraph and explain how this scene is the the key to the entire novel and you go oh i kind of get it now and i'm like okay now you can read the rest of the book and you're like okay i got through to the end of the book otherwise you weren't getting through to the end of the book that's really difficult for me to recommend to everyone because yeah. you don't always have a Luke to sit you down and go, right, here are the tenses. This is the brain structure that you've got to have just to read this book without making notes and to get all of it on the first time through the book. You know what? People in the future... What? Like, listening back to this, like, maybe 10 years from now... What? I think the listening same with Brexit. It's literally <laughs> the same... Like Luke, Luke keeps explaining to me all the all the politics and all what's going on, and I I just have no, no 
clue but and nobody last, has a clue last night you were saying what's that what's the going on here what's happening here i was like look i could explain it to you but the point is it's broken so much yes. that even i'll have to explain what should be happening and yeah. then once i say all of that then say but now imagine that the government is now it, voting against itself because of these exactly. procedures it sounds very much like a broken and uh, you science didn't, fiction and book you, and when you hid hid um uh, eyes to the left, nose to the right. Oh, yeah, and you're like, eyes, how like, do I put my eyes, eyes in that way and my why? nose to that way? It's like, no, it's not like, your eyes and your nose. It's not head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes. Eyes eyes and ears and mouth and nose. It's eyes, yes, and nose, yeah, this to the right, this to the left. British you know? Parliament is so ridiculous. I know. But, that's but the it same sounds th- very, like, if, if it wouldn't be fucking real... Yeah, Excuse but me. that's the same kind but of thing when you when I when I've talked about these other books like Pavan or Pavane yeah. or whatever it was, and yeah. you're like, I don't get it. I was like, yeah, but you kind of got to understand that <laughs> yeah. in it Britain, like there's that. this idea that Jesus, after you know, when he was a young man, came to or when after he was yeah. you know risen from the dead, he went on a trip and he came to Salisbury Plain and built a chapel there and all these different <laughs> you know all these different things that are like hanging around in the British culture. That one of our national hymns is Jerusalem. You know that the idea. Yeah. So broke. Um, Everybody there is so broken. And then when you read Pavane or Pavana or yeah. whatever it's called, and you read this, and it's sort of like a um, like an alternate history with fairies around, but also Jesus and also Christ imagery and stuff like that kind of yeah. stuff. For me, that all this stuff is happening down in the you know in Dorset or Exeter or wherever it is, yeah. it kind of has that like resonance to me. Which for you, just like I don't know, some guy was trying to walk on water, but he drowned or something like. <laughs> like yeah, there's a lot of lot of Christ imagery in here. Anyway, lots of fun stuff. And. Crazy stuff. Anyway, this book, full of crazy stuff. Well, we've talked about this book for 50 minutes now, and your voice is hardly working at all. And, but you and did my say nose. my eyes were sparkling. Your eyes were sparkling. Like, you, like in comparison to the recent months, or like, Some when you were going books. like, oh, I really want to read a book that, really, <laughs> that I really enjoy. I think this book definitely... Yeah. What was it, had, it, it, it got you an emotional reaction. We talked about it for half an hour when you dyed my hair. Yeah. Uh, so it 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 was doing something for you. Yeah. And you obviously enjoyed it. Yeah. But the the Quantum Magician, a book that I read like two books ago that I read, also I had the same kind of thing for that. It's sort of like, hey, it's a, there's a yeah, it was even it, even in that but book it I was, was just t- a heist. A heist is like. Let me just say, like in that, no, but in that book there was time travel as well. You know, at the set I was like, mm, oh, I'm really? not quite sure what's going on. Yeah. What they do is a similar thing that I actually do in my in, in the novel that I read is about not upsetting like not time travel not being allowed, but you can send information back through time. Yeah. So there's this crazy thing at the start of that book where somebody goes into this quantum states and looks at this research the dates on lots of research and who was doing this research and they're like, oh, there there's imp- it's impossible that they did all of this scientific research to get this new engine, this new Starship engine developed in eleven years. But <laughs> If they developed something for 11 years and then got their research and sent it back through a wormhole back through time 11 years and then gave that research to a different set of scientists who never talked to the first ones and then they spend another 11 years doing technological and scientific progress and then they just keep sending it back the, the, a different amount of like different like the yeah, research yeah. but then they never then they never explain to anyone they, they keep them all separated so causality can't be broken yeah. and stuff like that they have like eight different research labs on different spaceships and they're never allowed to talk to each other because they're actually doing scientific research in over time it, in, in parallel all at the same yeah. time but the information goes in this loop and at the end they're like we did it we solved it okay everyone get together and say what research they did and the people who were researching right at the start they feel like idiots because they don't understand what's happening at the end 
Anyway, it's it's this tiny little moment at the start of the book which just but explains. There see, but there you see, it's this tiny bit in this book. Yeah. And this book, this the tourist. Yeah. Is purely about it's this. Purely. <laughs> so, and I just saw again the way your eyes were like, oh, this is so And no, this book so is good. only about this. It's so, so I, good I'm, to have t- fun time travel stuff which kind of breaks your brain. And of course, um, it, you it, what book that in that, break book, your in brain. that book, the previous one, the Quantum Magician. This was kind of mentioned and then not mentioned for a long time. And that was, you know, the thing that was like there was this really important thing that was mentioned early on, and it, and it, and it, he, it's like he's avoiding it, and of course he is avoiding it because that becomes one of the yeah. one of the uh, reveals later on so that yeah that there is a, there is going to be some or there. That's going to come back in anyway. Yes. But it is one of those things that knowing the form of something, if something really important is shared at the start of the story and, and then is dropped, and then is dropped, yeah. so like suspiciously, nobody mentions it again for a long time, and then it pops up at the end. You're like, yeah, yeah I was expecting it to pop yeah. up because it's going to do that. You know, it's it's they're going to reveal it. All right, we've now talked about this book for 55 minutes. Yes, uh, I really, really needed tissue. You do, and I need to go. Okay, the next book that I'm going to read is called "Let Me Find It: The Bayan Agenda." Okay. Book one of the Galactic Cold War by Dan Morin. And I have that as an ebook, so I'll be reading that next. Sounds good. Um, and then I'll be getting some new Audible credits soon. Um, Sounds good and, too. And uh, as, as an audiobook to listen to, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, ebook myself up for a bit. Sounds good. Yes, it is good. Cool. Email me, luke at juggler.net, for any uh, recommendations or questions or anything like that. I do reply to every email that I get. And also, Goodreads go, works. Yeah, Goodreads. Go to um, SFBRP. No. Go on Goodreads to the SFBRP <laughs> listener group and find the thread, books I would like to see reviewed. If you put a book on that thing, I will get to it. I mean, this book was recommended to me in... 2017, January 2017, so more than two years ago. Yeah. And I was, and I was, and because I was so frustrated about not finding a book to read that I scrolled all the way back through to 2017 and found a book recommendation and gave it a go. And I'm really glad I did. So that's a good, no, no, it's okay. That one we picked up on the microphone. So yeah, if you wrote that, I might not get to it straight away, but maybe in two and a half years time, I'll get that recommendation and I'll review it. But if you recommend something to me and then somebody else say, yes, I also think that I'll get to it way, way sooner. Yeah. Peer, peer, um, peer, uh, how does it called? Peer pressure works. Peer pressure works. Or yeah. just multiple recommendations of yeah. the same thing also works. So, uh, yes, this book, the lowest ever average rating of any book of any non-comic book that I've ever read. Impressive? Yes, it is impressive. That, uh, And I'm giving it four and a half stars. Stevie Kincaid gave it five stars. And what did other people give it who listened, who listened to the ever, podcast? Have, do you have other no. Goodreads friends that have read it? No, that's it. The, the only guy. It has a 5.0 average rating of SFBRP listeners. That's uh, funny. Although now I've read it, so um, it's, it's going down slightly. Cool. It's going down to 4.75. If this book has sold it to you, but wow, there were a lot of three-star reviews, a lot of one-star reviews, yeah. and a few five-star reviews, but it's mostly th- one-star st- one books yeah. of people who were like, oh, this isn't for me, and then three-star books who were like, nah, it didn't really do anything for me. I'm like, didn't you read what was in it? Yeah. There's so much in this book. Cool. I'm glad you had a really enjoyable uh, uh, experience with this one. I'm sorry that you're ill. Yes. All right, that's it. Uh, Thanks a lot for listening, and uh, I'll catch you next time. Goodbye.